from the Heidelberg Catechism. Let's read together Lord's Day 39. What does God require in the fifth commandment? That I show honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and to all those in authority over me, submit myself with due obedience to their good instruction and discipline, and also have patience with their weaknesses and shortcomings, since it is God's will to govern us by their hand. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, in our society, every authority, every authority relationship has come under attack. The secular media undermines the authority of parents over their children and of teachers over their students. There is a consistent push for the rights of the child and for teens to be allowed to discover themselves. Our governments, courts, and police do not receive the respect that they deserve. You see that in the derogatory names by which many police officers are called and the disdain with which many politicians are treated. If you watch what comes out of Hollywood, you'll come across a systematic undermining and ridiculing of all those in positions of authority. Rebellion against authority is one of the strongest spirits through which Satan battles against the kingdom of God. The basic reason why we rebel against authority is because we see it as a threat to our freedom. People in authority restrict us from doing the things we would like to do. Our parents may forbid us from going to certain places. Office bearers admonish us if we live a sinful lifestyle. Police officers enforce the rules of the road. The law punishes us if we're found guilty of committing a crime. We dislike all the restrictions put on us. And so when Satan comes whispering lies about how we don't have to listen to those in authority over us, his lies easily take root in our hearts and lives. We're quick to accept the idea that authority is a threat to our freedom. Beloved, nothing is further from the truth. Authority is not a threat to our freedom. God has placed parents, office bearers, and government officials in authority over us for our benefit. Authority is given to parents to enable them to be effective in training and disciplining their children. Authority is given to elders to help them lead and direct us on the pathway of salvation. Authority is given to the government to restrict people from doing evil. For Christians, whose desire it is to serve God and obey his commandments, authority is not a threat. For us, it's a blessing that allows us to continue to live in the freedom Jesus Christ has earned for us. I preach you the word of God under the following theme. God calls us to honor and obey those whom he has put in authority over us. 
We'll consider the reason for giving this command, the requirements made of us in this command, and the result promised us if we honor this command. When the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, they were a diverse group of former slaves. In Egypt, Pharaoh had appointed harsh taskmasters. They used force to constrain the Israelites. If they did not work hard enough, they were beaten. God's people lived for hundreds of years in a situation where they were subjugated by fear of punishment. When they cried out to the Lord, he delivered them from their bondage. He set them free from the oppression of Pharaoh. And he was taking them on the way to the promised land. It's in that context that God spoke to them from Mount Sinai. When considering the Ten Commandments, we must always remember the preamble to the law. The Lord says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And only then does the Lord come with his commands, necessary commands, commands that would help his people live in the freedom God had provided for them. Just think about this for a moment, beloved. God delivered his people from slavery. They had received a taste of freedom. Now what? No longer constrained by the whip. Should every man just be allowed to do what was right in his own eyes? If you examine the history of the Israelites during their wilderness sojourn, you say they had a tough time adjusting to the freedom God gave them. Again and again, they rebelled against the Lord and against Moses and Aaron, whom God had appointed as their leaders. Beloved, I want you to think about what happens when there are no authority structures in place. Think about what happens in families when parents allow their children to rule the roost. Children have no boundaries. They have no security. You would think that that freedom would make them happy, but it does not. Children want to know that dad and mom love them. Part of love is saying no when something is bad or wrong. The same applies to society in general. We are blessed to live in a stable democracy with a rule of law. Our Westminster system of government is based on Judeo-Christian values. While it has been secularized, the fundamental principles of justice still apply. In Canada, no one is above the rule of law. Anyone who breaks the law can be prosecuted. We have rules in place to ensure no one is convicted on the basis of one witness. And perjury that's lying under oath is punishable under law. The legislative branch of government is separate from the judicial branch, which helps prevent politicians from subverting the law. There are places in the world where authority structures have broken down. 
Consider what's taken place in various countries in the Middle East. People have rebelled against various dictatorships in Tunisia, Libya, Yemen, Egypt, Syria, and other countries. And what was the result? Governments shut down social media or blocked internet service to try control protesters. There were harsh crackdowns by the military in which many were killed. Some of these countries descended into civil war where anti-government supporters were hunted down. Many abuses took place, leading many to flee and causing a great humanitarian crisis. The poor and the weak got trampled. Chaos and anarchy abounded. Consider what's happened in South Africa since the dismantling of apartheid. The rule of law has broken down. Politicians interfere in the justice system. Many who feel like they've not been given a fair chance in life routinely assault and steal from others. The result in South Africa and many other third world nations is that those who have any kind of property need to live in secure compounds with dogs and guards and bars on the windows. You need to exercise extreme caution in public because if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you'll get carjacked or robbed or even raped or killed. While there are many causes to the breakdown of their society, a key one is that respect for authority has been replaced with a spirit of individualism. I'm my own boss and I'm going to do what I want to do. And no one can tell me what to do. It's easy for our children to take on that kind of disrespectful attitude toward their parents and to disobey them. It's tempting for each one of us to do what we want, when we want, even if it goes against God or the authorities he places over us. Do you think a lack of respect for authority brings happiness? Do you think it provides us with true freedom? In fact, it does the opposite. Rebellion against authority leads to slavery. If you rebel against your parents and do what they forbid, you'll run into trouble. At times, you'll get caught. You get busted. Your parents might punish you in various ways. You may lose certain privileges or may be grounded for a period of time. But the worst thing is, is that your deceitfulness breaks down trust in your relationship. Your parents won't feel like they can take you at your word. At times, they'll check up on you. And you won't like that because you think they should be minding their own business. And so you get into this cycle of mistrust where communication so easily breaks down. The same applies in society. We have laws that are meant for our protection, for our well-being. If you break those laws, you may get caught. We have a system of police and courts and judges 
to punish those guilty of crimes. At times, we see our laws as being restrictive. But how do you think society would function if people are allowed to break and enter into your home to rob you or rape you or abuse you or murder you at will? What if there was no one to hold such evildoers to account? Instead of happiness and freedom, our society would be filled with tension and strife. The poor and the weak would be oppressed. The strong and mighty would get away with doing whatever they wanted to do. You see, beloved, the Lord our God knows the human heart. He knows that by nature, within each one of us, there is a little rebel. It's part of our fallen nature. Within every person, there is a desire to be king. I want to be in control of my own life. You can't tell me what to do. I'm in charge of my own affairs. Butt out. It's none of your business. God recognizes this sinfulness of the human heart. He put authority structures in place for our benefit. The fifth commandment is centered on relations within the family. The Lord commands, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Parents have been given authority over their children to be able to instruct and discipline them. Parents don't have the right to be tyrants or to abuse their authority. But they need authority to guide and direct their children that they may grow up knowing God and serving Him. It's in the family where we first learn to submit ourselves to the authority of someone else. The fifth commandment is not limited to parent-child relationships. It extends into all of life. As parents through the school association, we employ teachers to educate, to train our children. We give them authority to act in our place. And so students need to respect their teachers, to listen to them, to do what they say. God has also given employers authority over their employees. The passage we read from Colossians 3 speaks about masters and slaves. But it can be applied just as well to bosses and workers. For a workplace to function, employees need to learn to listen and do what their employers tell them to do. Please understand, that's not a license for employers to require their employees to do evil or to engage in unsafe work practices. Yet for a workplace to function well, employees need to follow the directions of their supervisors. Within the church, God has given elders care over the souls of the members of the congregation. They are charged to exercise the keys of the kingdom of heaven so that we as believers are nurtured in the faith and that we may share in God's glory on the final day. Our attitude toward our elders is sometimes such that we feel like they're poking their noses into our private business. Yeah, beloved, elders have been given a God-given authority. They come to us as ambassadors of Christ. 
And so God commands us, obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Within society, God has placed kings and governments and various authorities under them. They have police and courts and judges to enforce the law. We as citizens are called to submit to these authorities. Paul teaches in Romans 13 that the authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Paul explains the authorities are there for our good. He calls us to submit to them, to pay our taxes, to give them the honor that they deserve. The basic reason for the fifth commandment is summarized very beautifully for us in our catechism. Authorities have been put in place since it is God's will to govern us by their hand. God is the mighty ruler of the heavens and the earth. As the creator and redeemer of life, absolute and final authority rests with him. God has vested his authority in various human representatives, parents, teachers, employers, elders, police, judges, and governments. Through them, God governs us. It's by submitting to them that we learn to submit to God. Those who rebel against authority haven't learned to submit themselves to God's authority you see, beloved, it's by learning obedience to God's earthly representatives that we learn to submit to God's will in our lives. Is that easy? No, it's not. It goes against the grain. Yet this is what God commands in the fifth commandment. This brings us to our second point, and it will consider the requirements made of us in this command. What really is God commanding us to do in the fifth commandment? What does God expect from us as children? What does this command teach as students, employees, members of the congregation, and as citizens? Our catechism summarizes the duties of those under authority with a number of simple words. Honor, love, faithfulness, submit, and patience. Let's examine what's meant. The fifth commandment teaches us, honor your father and mother. To honor means to respect, to hold in high esteem, to glorify. We are to show forth due respect to those whom God has placed in authority over us. Not because of who they are, but because of the position God has assigned them. For by honoring those in authority, we honor God who has given that authority. 
Our Catechism explains the command to honor father and mother by stating we are to show all honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and to all those in authority over me. Part of honoring is showing forth love. We're to love those whom God places over us. He has given them responsibility to care for us, to minister to our needs. Their authority has been given not to please themselves, but to serve those under their care. We're also to show forth faithfulness. That means to be loyal to our parents. Those given authority over us sometimes end up in situations of need themselves. Think here especially of the parents that have brought you up and nurtured you and cared for you. They will grow old, at times frail. They may become weak or poor or helpless. It requires faithfulness, loyalty, commitment to care for those who cared for us. Yet in this way, we honor and love God who blessed us through our parents. The fifth commandment requires submission. We are to submit with due obedience to the instruction and discipline of those who care for us. Children, this means that you have to listen to what mom and dad say. It means that you have to do what they tell you to do. We all know how hard it is for us to keep this commandment. Often mom tells us to do something, we say, but why? Or else we'll tell her, but I don't want to. Or those famous words, it's not fair. We make excuses not to do what our parents tell us to do. Or else we just ignore them and go ahead and do our own thing anyway. To submit, to obey, is difficult for us all. For while many of us are in positions of authority, we're all also in positions where we need to learn to submit. Each one of us is called to submit to the elders and to the civil authorities. That goes against our nature, especially when we disagree with something. Yet it's God's will to govern us by their hand. In this regard, it's worth noting that while he was on earth, even the Lord Jesus had to submit to those placed in authority over him. Jesus was a sinless boy. And yet he had to obey his father and mother. We see an example of that when Jesus went to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover for the first time at age 12. He stayed behind And his parents got worried about him. When they found him, they admonished him. Jesus had done nothing wrong. Yet Luke tells us, he went with them to Nazareth, and he was obedient to them. The author of Hebrews tells us that Jesus found it difficult to deny his own will and do what his father wanted. Hebrews 5, verse 8 tells us, although he was a son, 
He learned obedience through what he suffered. We see this especially in the Garden of Gethsemane. There Christ had a great struggle on his hands. He knew how hard it would be to drink the cup of suffering. He dreaded being crucified, bearing God's wrath against all our sins. Yet when he prayed to the Father, he said, Not my will, but yours be done. Even though Jesus was a sinless man, he still had to learn obedience. Despite his struggles, he submitted his will, doing what he wanted to do, to doing what his heavenly Father desired. In doing so, Jesus kept the fifth commandment. He did so perfectly for us. For by keeping the law of God, Christ was able to function as our Savior. It's because he did the will of God perfectly that God accepted his sacrifice on the cross as payment for all our sins. The result is that we may now share in his righteousness and holiness. And so, ultimately, it's out of thankfulness for what Christ has done that we're called to submit to those in authority over us. For by submitting and obeying, we honor not just those in authority over us, but ultimately we honor God who has given this authority. Finally, our catechism teaches us to be patient. We are to have patience with the weaknesses and shortcomings of those in authority over us. Children know that dad and mom are not perfect. They make mistakes. They do things wrong. Parents are not always fair in how they apply discipline. At times, they frustrate their children. The same can be said of teachers, of elders, of police officers, judges, and politicians. At times, those in authority sin. At times, they even abuse their authority. God will hold them accountable for those things. Jesus spoke woes on those who call one of his little ones to sin. Yet God nevertheless calls us to have patience with the failings of those in authority over us. This brings us to our final point. You know, we'll consider the result promised to us if we honor this command. The fifth commandment contains a promise. God calls us to honor those in authority over us that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Paul draws attention to this in Ephesians 6, indicating the fifth commandment is the first one with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. God first promised this to the people of Israel on the way to the promised land. His point was that if children obeyed their parents, they were obeying him. Then God would prosper their way and cause them to live long in the land that they were inheriting. But if children rejected the instruction and discipline of their parents, they were rejecting him. Then their days would be cut short in the land. 
Although God is long-suffering, in the end, he would punish their disobedience. He would drive them out of the blessed land of life and back into slavery. There's a contrast here. Slavery in Egypt versus freedom in Canaan. That freedom was a result of God's grace. It was a freedom that would only be maintained if people were willing to submit themselves to the Lord and to the authorities he set over them. Yet if the people turned their backs on divine instruction and discipline, God would drive them out. And beloved, we all know what happened in Israel's history. As a result of Israel's rebellion, they once more ended up in exile in Assyria and Babylon. The same applies to us today. If we love the Lord and strive to serve him with our whole life, the Lord will bless and keep us in all we do. We may share in communion with him. We can live happy lives in the grace that God provides. But if we rebel, we may have to learn the hard way. You see that in the lives of some people. They were warned against reckless and godless living. But they rejected the good instruction and discipline of their parents. Their lives ended up in a downward spiral because of wrong friends, because of alcohol and drug abuse and sexual sin. Rejecting the good instruction of parents can lead to an early death in this life. It doesn't always lead there, but it can. What is certain is that it leads to spiritual, and ultimately, if there's no repentance, to eternal death. Those who reject the authority of parents and others God has placed over them reject God himself. That may not happen all at once. But if you cannot and will not submit to God-appointed authorities, then usually at some point you rebel against God as well. The result is you will not receive a place in the eternal life God has promised. So, beloved, we see how important it is to honor and obey those whom God has put in authority over us. It's a matter of submitting to God, of doing His will. Ultimately, the blessing of that is we may share in communion with God, not just in this life, but also eternally. Parents have been given authority to instruct us in God's ways. Elders have been given authority to be able to care for our souls, to lead us in God's ways, to call us to repentance when we stray. The civil authorities have been given authority to restrain the wickedness of man so we can live in a peaceful and safe society. Beloved, these are all blessings from God who wants us to live in the freedom Christ has earned for us. Submission to authority is not a bad thing. It is for our good always. May God grant us his grace and spirit so we learn more and more to show honor, love, and faithfulness to those in authority over us. Amen.
In response to the gospel message, let's rise and sing from Psalm 119, stanzas 1 and 4.